what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hi, this is Alan with the quick announcement about something really exciting going on here at The Mesh over the next couple of months. The Mesh is celebrating its first six months of operation by giving one of its listeners an iPad 2. And the more you listen to The Mesh, the more chances you have to win. Here's what you do. Listen to any episode for any of the shows that we have on our Mesh network that we post between January 1st, 2012 and March 31st, 2012. At some point during those episodes, and that includes the one you're listening to, you will be given a code for the contest. Write the code down, visit the Mesh's website at themesh.tv, and you'll be given instructions on where to enter your code and an email address. You can enter one code per episode with your email address. So if we post 100 episodes between January and March of this year, and you listen to all 100 of them and get 100 codes, that means you'll have 100 entries into our contest, 100 chances to win that iPad. Uh, there'll be other information on the Mesh's website about this contest, other rules, regulations, some other uh, legal jargon we got put in there. That's all on the website at themesh.tv backslash contest. That's where you can enter your codes and you can also read a little bit more about the contest itself. We really are excited about this contest. We're excited about giving one of our listeners a great prize. And we just want to thank everybody for an incredible first six months of The Mesh. We look forward to providing you with outstanding content for many, many more months to come. Thanks. I'm with the band. Music and interviews you're going to like. This is Chad, and on I'm with the band today, we have the band Yarn. Hello. Hey, Chad. Hey, Chad. Hey, hello. Let me go through the names here so I can get this right. We have Andrew, Robert on the sofa, Rod, Trevor, Blake, and Ricky. You got it. Excellent. You got it. Yep. Well, I was reading. <laughs> Once I got to Trevor, I had it memorized. So you guys are playing tonight at uh, City Cellar? We sure are. Is this your first? This is no. This is not your first time. We've already talked about that a little bit. This is uh, your second or third time this way. This is our second time in Hickory. We've done some shows in Morganton and in the area, but uh, this will be our second show in Hickory. Now, am I right in saying you guys are from New Jersey? New York, New City, York. Yeah. So, how does a band become a bluegrass style band? Oh man, in New York. This is just the. This is the. This is the question right question. here. This is the You should just get question. a T-shirt with it printed up. Yeah, I should have an answer on a T-shirt. <laughs> well, you know, it's New York City. There's everything there. You've got the... It's the melting pot of the world. So it's the melting you, um, pot of bluegrass, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, no, there's a scene for everything. I mean, you can get whatever you want there. So, I mean, that's just me growing up listening to country music, old country music, Garcia Grisman records, you know, Andrew, same, same, same as me for the most part, I presume, but... You know, he's a mandolin player, played a lot of bluegrass, listened to a lot of David Grisman. And it's just, you know, it's just, uh, we're not a bluegrass band by any means, but, you know, we, we tend more towards the Southern style, which I you think know, is now, I think you can consider it the American style, in my opinion. But And, and that probably wasn't very fair to use the word, uh, sorry, I just hit the mic. That wasn't very uh fair to use that term because you guys are listed under several different genres on iTunes. Are we? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Singer, songwriters, one. I like to write songs. Excellent. So are you the leader of the band? Yes. This is Blake speaking, by the way. No, actually, this is Chad speaking to Blake. Yes. There you go. I'm Blake speaking. So are you the originator? 
Well, I mean, the originators are uh, sitting at this table. Trevor MacArthur and Andrew Hendricks and myself started the band, and uh, it grew from there. What a so you guys all had the same uh, pull of influence. Uh, well, me and Trevor grew up together. He grew up. Uh, we grew up on the same street, a block away. So uh, we kind of ran in the same crowd and listened to the same music. So for the most part. Yes, and I think Andrew kind of had the same musical upbringing, except yeah, for with a little jazz in, involved. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we had about the same same musical background, so it's pretty easy to start playing together. Well, since you guys are kind of off-center, now that that's pretty accurate right there. I love that. Yeah, excellent. I'd it, rather it be off-center than center. Uh, so how do you find the other musicians? Yeah, just um, in New York, it's just kind of pure luck, I guess, because... The, we're everywhere. We're overrun in New York City with musicians. So, for us, it and was, actors, you know, me yeah, and actors, and who, yeah, pretty much everybody else. But uh, me and Trevor started a band called Blake and the Family Dog, and uh, Andrew's girlfriend was our bartender for many years um, at the bar we used to play at regularly. So we met Andrew, you know, and Andrew joined the band, and I joined his band, and then we dissolved both bands and started yarn and then new rod from the same kind of scene with um a friend of mine named joshua brown who plays uh um dobro and resonator guitar on the records so you know and then ricky b came in through a some connection through andrew i mean it's just you know it just kind of happened magically appeared when did uh, when did you guys start officially officially it was i think Right at the end of 2006, you know, right at the end of that year. How many albums year. do you guys have? We have um, four out right now, one of them being a B-Sides record. And then Is we, that Leftovers? That's Leftovers Volume 1, and then we're releasing our um, fifth record on March 20th called Almost Home. Did you guys record that in New York as well? We recorded that in Nashville and on a lake in New York. And it was mixed down in Nashville. When you guys record, do you do it as a, a live setting and then go back and do overdubs, or is it completely? Uh, Pretty much. This uh, the record we just did was a little more, you know, concise. You know, we didn't we didn't we kind of did the overdubs in one place for the most part. Although we had a few, you know, um, weird sessions in random spots. But uh, the first three records were just really. You know, we fit it in when we could, you know, in my apartment or, you know, right. once we got the basics done in the main studio. We so did you use we like computer-based recording when you did that kind of stuff? Absolutely, yeah, Pro Tools. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Does anybody else write in the band? Yeah, we all we all, uh, we all all contribute in our way, you know. one A, a song on the new record is co-written with, with Rod. Um, and then I write with a guy named Shane Spaulding, who lives in Brooklyn. And uh, we've known each other since we were kids. He also grew up one block away from me and Trevor. So we're keeping it in the family as much as we can, you know. Well, for the people who are listening right now, they can't really see what's going on. So we got, you know, six guys around the table, myself included, but one guy sitting on on the sofa over here. Plus, we got an audience in here today as well. Uh, yeah, girlfriend. Audience. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Robert. Yes. <laughs> uh, what do you do and why do you choose to stay away from the table which is okay I just gotta I gotta point it out well there's no seat so I, I just sat on the couch there but uh he's got a point there I'm, I'm a drummer oh excellent yeah. so the drummer's the drummer always sits in back <laughs> the drummer defines the band 
Oh, he definitely does. I got to tell you, he is, uh, he's a blessing. Excellent. It's a blessing to be here. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you guys played last night. We did, yeah. In Roanoke? Roanoke, Virginia. Now, so uh, how long does it take you to get down to here? Do you do a, oh, well, it's kind of a stupid point to ask that, I guess, because you've only been here once before in Morganton, I guess, can kind of count. Those two people I was talking about earlier, they were excited that we just said in Morganton. Yeah, they're happy. I hope, <laughs> I hope they're happy. They're happy I, hope they're, I hope they're now yarn fans. They're uh, Morganites. So how long does it take you to get down here? Well, we usually make the trip, you know, with a lot of stops on the way. I mean, sure. we, we started in Harrisonburg, which is about five hours from New York City, which isn't that bad for us. We've traveled many a mile, so that's no no big deal. And then we played Roanoke, which is another hour away, and then three hours to Hickory. It's it's pretty easy for us now. So now you have girlfriends with you here today, correct? I do. I'm the only one with my lady here. Okay, so Hopefully beautiful. I'm leave with one. Oh, excellent. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask if there was any debauchery on the road. <laughs> Well, I mean, not not in my world, but you know, and, and maybe some of these other guys could tell you about that. But I'm just a just, just a, good a lot boy. of people are related. All American. <laughs> <laughs> I got me a good North Carolina girl, so all these North Carolina listeners should. Are you be from happy North Carolina? That. Are you really? She's originally from Brevard, North oh, Carolina, wow. which is right around the corner. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Welcome home. <laughs> are you living back up in New York? She's a Raleigh girl oh, now. Excellent. Yeah, that's where we met. You guys have certain markets that uh, are really kind to you. Raleigh's great to us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we did. Uh, even outside of. Even outside of getting oh. getting our ladies there. No, Raleigh. Raleigh's good. Um, you know, the Charlottesville, Harrisonburg, Virginia area. Richmond, Virginia is really good. Colorado's getting really good. In the last six months, everything's gotten a whole lot better. Thank do you, God. Do you think that's? Uh, <laughs> Attributed to bands like, um, no, they just they just left me. Uh, Avets or, or Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons, thank you. I don't know. I I mean, I think we've. I don't think they've had anything to do with our. Uh, but opening a door. Maybe they're opening a door for more listeners, but I mean, we've definitely uh, been busting, busting our ass for probably as long as Mumford and Sons have been a band. So, right. I like to think that's what's paying off. <laughs> uh, we were talking earlier about, uh, to, the, to the listeners, we were talking earlier about uh, playing uh, some bluegrass style. I'm going to use that again because I, I've done that in the past. And when Mumford and Sons started coming out, I was like, well, I've been listening to this music for decades. And everybody else kind of seems like, oh, that's all, that's all new and fresh. No, it's not. You're just, you're just finding out about it. Yeah, I think they're just putting a little indie twist that the, little, the kids sure. kind of can get into a little easier. But if it helps open the doors for you. I have no problem with it. Excellent. And I think, and I like the record. I mean, I've heard the record, so I know more, and I think it's a good record. Okay, now. I mean, in reference to your question about being from New York and right. playing quote unquote bluegrass music, right. I mean, Mumford and Sons would be, they're obviously not from the Southeast. Right, not that's even true. from this country. That's so, right. Uh, that's a good point. You, know, you could put Keith Urban on that list, too, you know, <laughs> right. as Australians. So, right. You know, it's really, I think the music is all around the world, so. Just needs the ears to find. Exactly, that's a good point. Now uh, I'm going to bust somebody's chops, but I don't know who it is yet. Um, it's probably going to be Ricky. <laughs> it's hard being the young one of the group. <laughs> <laughs> who gave out tickets to uh, a girl in Raleigh to come here tonight? Did you, Ricky? No. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I don't know. What girl? Uh, I don't know her name, but uh, I helped a friend move today, and uh, 
her mother was there, and she says, "Oh, you're you're uh, you're interviewing Yarn tonight. So my uh, my daughter's coming from Raleigh because somebody gave her tickets." Really? Now, well, maybe no, you could have gotten a ride. There, uh, there. No, let me let me reiterate. So I won't get anybody in trouble. There's no relationship here. There's nothing going on bad. So this is I'm not killing anybody. No, I, I, I honestly I we don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. It, was there a There's just so many that we give out. We don't know who it is. <laughs> Ricky, what's your what's your uh, what's your guest list look like? He's in charge of the guest list. I don't know. He's got a couple people uh, recording the show, and I'm getting calls from any mystery women from Raleigh. Oh, that girl from Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll meet her tonight. We'll meet her tonight. That's right. Uh, and we'll put her on the list as girl from Raleigh. Yeah, we'll meet her we don't want her to have to tonight. pay after traveling all that. All that business. So. Uh, Besides what you guys are doing right now, let's go. Let's go to you, uh, Rod. Let's ask you what were you doing before this? Uh, well, I I was living in New York City and finding work as a recording engineer. Oh, really? So I did a lot of that. Was in the studios for years. Uh, worked at some great places, Electric Lady Studios, the Hendrix. Oh, really? Hendrix place, yeah. So, are you responsible some had, of the, for some of the recordings uh, producing? No, well, you know, just as much as everybody else, you know, um, just do my part and hit hit record when necessary. No mic placement. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, we had a producer on this last record, so he really did that, and I could just relax and you know play and sing. How did you find uh, the producer? Uh, he was great. You know, it was a new a new experience. It was. Uh, I'm used to. I, I like to, to have a little more control than than letting a producer in. But uh, I kind of. Are you a control freak? I, I might be. I might be. I don't know. I, I I've never really thought about it, but <laughs> I think I might be. Uh, but uh, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I mean, it was it, the producer's name is Bill Vorn Dick, and he's a Nashville. He's got. A whole lot of Grammys. What's his last name again? Vorn Dick. Yeah. <laughs> radio, Every, yeah that, radio edit. Yeah. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead would love that. Right? Yeah, really. Um, no, but he was great. You know, we had we butted heads a few times, but uh, I just gave him the reins, and uh, it felt kind of freeing, but terrifying at the same time. Because all the, I mean, the all the other records were produced by the band. I mean, you know. Does anybody else have a strong creative? Uh, Streak. Now, no, I, I understand when a band works together that you got the leader, but other people have to have some um, push for their own creative streak a little bit. That helps oh well, we give everyone has their own freedoms to do pretty much whatever they want. I mean, it's, what's uh, the non-diplomatic answer? Well, no, it's, it's, true it's true what he says because you know, I mean, Blake's very pro prolific writing songs, but right. when he brings his songs to us, you know, he's leaving a lot of doors wide open. Oh, good for you. Say, saying. Go ahead and do what you want with this song. You know, he's saying that to the band, in essence. And, you know, so I think at that point, everyone just kind of steps in, puts their part in, and it becomes well, a yarn song, you know. Well, exactly. that's good. That's yeah. good. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite bands is Dave Matthews. And yeah. that's, that's the way they approach a lot of their songs. Dave may write the song, but then he comes in and says, give me your two cents, and that helps create the colors. Yeah. I mean, and if it sucks, then you don't hear it again. I mean, That's right. Or it gets played once or twice live because we don't have time to rehearse anymore. So it's a sound check rehearsal and a rehearsal during in front of a live audience. So, you know, you kind of see what works and what doesn't. A lot of songs make it, but some don't. Why don't you give the audience a, a taste of what you guys can do together? All right. This song is uh, called Angel Place That Halo. It's a pretty new song and um, 
we're not sure what record it's going to be on, but probably one that comes out after this next one on March 20th. Here it goes. Angel, oh angel, 
place that halo, place that halo on my head. No, I don't deserve it, but I swear I'll earn it if you just light the darkness I so dread. If you just light the darkness I so dread. If you just light the darkness I so We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Do you guys typically play one long set? You know, it depends, but that tends to be the way we do it. I mean, our shows range from like two and a half to three and a half to four hours from time to time. This way, we don't play any short sets. <laughs> no, right. we, don't, we don't do quite any show, but it, it, it works. I mean, right now, we're kind of in that stage of, of a level of a band where, you know, if, if the audience is there and they're feeling it, don't stop, you know, so we don't, for the most part. But if, you know, if it's a theater setting or something like that, then, you know, you can kind of work with it a little bit more. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the Firefly tour bus? Oh, absolutely. That was a, And how that came about? That came about, I just found out how that came <laughs> nice. about, believe it or not. And it's not even a really romantic story, but uh, we actually, actually found out through uh, a guy who used to work with um, Firefly, who now is doing some sort of promotions in Columbia, South Carolina. And so... But anyway, I, I we had management that was um, Hootie and the Blowfish's management during their big years. And so they obviously had a big tie to Charleston. That's where Hootie was from. Sure. And so they all knew, you know, the Firefly was very connected with, with this management. And so they, the Firefly, I guess, this is what I've heard in the last few weeks, is that they wanted, wanted Reckless Kelly, which was also on our management. And uh, Reckless Kelly was already in a deal with Budweiser and wanted too much money. And so one of our managers was like, how about yarn? And so that kind of got the ball rolling with us getting into tie-in with them. And they've been amazing. I mean... It's an amazing drink, by the way. It's delicious. <laughs> well, that too. I mean, and we love the product, obviously. I mean, um, so, I mean, it, it works both ways. I mean, and we're lucky because they give us free as much free Firefly as we want, which is... I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, but uh, <laughs> we're trying to, you know, we model, you know, we drink responsibly, I guess they would like us to say, which is the truth, but, uh, and it's delicious. So do, but, do one of you guys have to drive the uh, bus or do you have a driver? We all drive yeah, the bus. Yeah, we drive it. Oh, so five people get to enjoy drinking responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> no, five people drink irresponsibly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One person. No, it's uh, they've been awesome in the bus. I mean, the RV. We just we had to drop the RV off a couple of weeks ago and get back in our van, and and that was kind of depressing, wasn't it? <laughs> but uh, it's nice to be driving around in your living room. I'll tell you. Oh, I bet. Now, with some of the notoriety that you've been able to. Uh, enjoy lately has it been able to afford you the luxury of really doing anything creatively that you want to do with other artists outside of this belt 
I mean, I've got I've been getting to just starting to co write with some people, which is um something I never really did. I mean, it was either me writing by myself or me writing with my buddy Shane or, or Trevor or Rod. So uh got to write with John Oates last year and we just wrapped wrapped up a couple tunes that uh we we co wrote together, which was surreal and interesting, you know, two different worlds collide there, you know. He's from that more, you know, R and B kind of the soul pop, right? pop rock school where brilliant writer. Amazing. Yeah. I mean he's she's awesome. uh and so uh yeah, we've been playing some Hall and Oates tunes and they're just at some shows recently and it's about as fun as it gets playing those tunes. <laughs> but uh uh, that was cool, and I, I finally got around to finishing them just last month, and we recorded them down in Charleston like two weeks ago. So um, hopefully people get to hear some yarn and oats. <laughs> Excellent. Now, recording in Nashville, does that mean you guys started to be involved in the Nashville machine? No, not really at all. But uh, It was just a location event. It was just, I mean, our management is in Nashville, our publicist is in Nashville, our producer uh and our agents and our booking agencies in nashville but i mean as far as the nashville machine we don't really unfortunately i mean unfortunately you know uh, for us we don't really fit in there because to that you know the the actual machine that's going on down there you know i'm not i'm not trying to co-write for keith urban songs right now but right. i wouldn't mind selling one to him either absolutely sure yeah I got no problem with that. I'm not closing any doors. <laughs> we have a, a a local celeb that's pretty big on the national scene right now, which is uh, Eric Church. Oh, all right. All yeah. right. Somebody, Steve was just pointing me. We 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 went. Me and Steve, uh, our gracious host this weekend. We we went for a run this Hi, morning, Steve. and uh, and he pointed out Eric Church's sister's house. We walked. We were drove by. She lives across the lake from uh, from us. I'm not totally familiar with Eric Church, but the name is very familiar. Uh, I had another show that I was uh, the host of some years ago, and he came in, and he'd been playing the same circuit as, as me for a long time and played the tap room. That was where he played. And uh, super nice fella. Uh, at least all my experiences with him have been yeah. super nice. A good guy. He was a publisher, or he got a publishing deal first and yeah. then, then went on. I, but, could uh, use, I would love a publishing deal. Yeah. Write That's me a check. It. I'll write you some songs. <laughs> 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. What whatever I get a chance. So what time does your show start tonight? I think it starts at 9 o'clock. Really? Yeah. How long does it take you guys to set up? Uh, Four not, days. Yeah, not long at all. Not long at all. We're pretty. Uh, we're a well-oiled machine when it comes to set up and What's your down. instrumentation? We've got uh, two acoustics, acoustic mandolin, electric mandolin, upright bass, electric guitar, and drums. Excellent. You want to do another song? Let's do it. So this next song is called Annie. It's coming out on our new record, which comes out March 20th. Um, and this song is actually how I got to meet John Oates. I wrote this song with Hall Notes in mind, and then a few months later we had a show with him down in Nashville. And so I made it a point to tell the audience, and, and uh, while John was backstage listening, that it was... Uh, because of him that this song got written, which kind of gets segued me into getting uh, to hang out with John and write with him. So that was uh, that was a fun day. Here's here's a here's a Annie. Two, three, four. 
day I come
how many shows do you guys do a year right now? How many did we do last year, Rod? Last year, last year we did a little over 170 shows. This year's shaping up to be well over 200. Wow, that's a lot. So, pretty busy. So that's like one show every two days? I think it's... They come in clusters, of course. Yeah. But... Uh, so playing that much, you guys don't have day jobs. No. Well, I mean, we don't. Trevor, Trevor, uh, Trevor's... He's a little too Trevor's scared to take the. He's scared to take the dive. You know, yeah. he's got. What are you doing? Still hanging on. I uh, I work in advertising. Really? Yeah. What do you do in advertising? I uh, I work uh, for. Sits ESPN. behind the desk and cries. <laughs> doing, doing, um, you know, selling selling space. Selling oh really? Advertising right. Advertising space. Yeah. Sponsorships and stuff like that. I do a lot of work with unused ant farms. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is not even relative to that at all. <laughs> we have something in common. Oh my gosh, Ricky does it as well. <laughs> Excellent. So you haven't made that leap of faith yet, then? I haven't. Uh, not not one hundred percent. He's in there. He's hanging in there. We're uh, we're 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 keeping him around. We're, yeah. We got him chained, chained Excellent. up. With a, he's got a long chain, so he can be elsewhere when he needs to be. But well, let's let's uh, focus on that for a second. So, what did everybody do before you decided to go on tour? We'll start with you. I owned ant farms. <laughs> with Three people. Ants. <laughs> displaced ants. They're lonely little hobo over there back. Oh, uh, no, I played mandolin and I taught tennis. Really? I did both sessions and played the band that started before Yarn. I did that and played, taught mandolin, uh, tennis. What about you, Cash Potato? Uh, I was just recovering from the tour I did with Keith Richards in Switzerland. <laughs> And I got the calls, and Rod called me and said, can you play with Yarn? I said, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. Robert, where are you from? Uh, born in the U.S., Dutch parents, raised in Paris, France. So girls dig you? <laughs> they don't talk to me. Yeah. I, I know the feeling. Well, the ones that don't put up the restraining orders, <laughs> I can talk to those. <laughs> Usually it's don't come within 500 feet. <laughs> Uh, me. Oh, yes. Well, like I was saying before. I was engineer. Engineer and playing guitar, doing session works and producing some, you know, local artists and stuff in, uh, through the studio. Um, and that's it, you know, sitting in with yarn. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. Well, that's Blake, the story. Blake, before you became the uh, figurehead? Uh, I was... I, Went to New York with the uh, determination to, to get a band together. So um, Where were you at before New York? I was in Arizona right before New York, and I was just kind of uh, bumming around for a little while between college and, and uh, my New York City life. So, What was your college uh, education like? Uh, it was pretty worthless, you know. <laughs> um, just kind of got through it, and I got through it with a music degree just because... I had a really great uh, supervisor who, who, you know, faked some classes for me and got me out in time, um, which was cool, <laughs> and I love her for it. Um, but uh, and I had a great guitar teacher down there as well, and I played classical guitar when I was in school there. But, uh, I mean, I just worked a really crappy day job and uh, on the 22nd floor on 42nd in Madison in Midtown Manhattan, which is pretty much the equivalent to hell on earth. You know, you walk around Midtown Manhattan between the hours of nine and six, and whew, there's no uglier place. You know, 
So uh, that's what I did. I had a I had no screen. I had a window that opened. It was very tempting. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But I got out. Well, Ricky. Uh, I don't know. I moved to New York uh, January '05 to do my uh, master's degree in music at NYU. And shortly after that, like within a year, I got a call from some guys. It's like, hey, man, you want to come play with this band? It's like, you know, $20, free drinks. I'm like, what kind of, <laughs> what kind of music is it? You know, so I, I was mainly doing all jazz at the time. I was like, man, it's like, I can't really describe it, but it's really cool. You'll dig it. And it's only three blocks away from my house. We played at this place called Kenny's Castaway in, on Bleecker Street in Greenwich Village. So for two years, we just four, four blocks from my apartment and... I'm very happy I met these cats. Yeah. <laughs> Paid three times as much as the jazz gig. Oh, <laughs> 200 times. That's good. That explains well, they, it. And they charge you for drinks at those jazz clubs, too, don't they? Oh, man. Arm and a leg. Yeah. And the cigars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that explains a lot and of the... you got to wash dishes afterwards. That's the, <laughs> the uh You guys talking about your, uh, your music background explains a lot of the musicianship that I heard on the recordings. I mean, you guys aren't... Uh, but it probably was a little unfair to say the bluegrass earlier, and not just because of what I had pointed out, but because of the fact that a lot of people don't attribute uh, a lot to bluegrass more than one, four, five, uh, which is chord theory for anybody who's listening. And uh, I mean, you listen to this music close enough, you can tell that uh, there's some high-level musicianship going on. Good songwriting too. Well, that's good to know. There's yeah. a lot, a whole lot of one, four, five too. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> You gotta know how to count to get to four and five, <laughs> right? True. There you go. And uh, as a songwriter, as some of the stuff I heard, I was a little jealous. But we'll just hold that off, and I won't make fun of you because that's the way I feel better about myself. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> I, gotta, I get jealous as a songwriter all every day. So, well, guys, I appreciate you taking the time to work with us today and hang out and tell us about yourselves. Thanks uh, for having us, Chad. We've got a website, as most people do nowadays, called yarnmusic.net. You can join their Yarmy. Uh, you can join our Yarmy, which would be awesome because you get into shows for free and and uh, and you help get the word out. If you really love what you hear, that would be the way to do it. Um, we got four CDs out, like we were talking about. You can get them on iTunes. You can get them through our website, uh, Amazon, all that. All those come to the shows. All those normal uh, um, places where you can find music. And yeah, the main thing is come see the show because that's pretty much what we're all about: is putting on a live show. And you guys got videos on your side as well. We got videos. We got a, We just we deliver a whole plethora of uh, content online. So, and we you know archive.org. I think there's thanks to good people like Paper Dale, who's in the house tonight. Um, we we give away all any show that a taper comes to is is free online. So, oh, excellent. So you can get tomorrow night's show or tonight's show probably within a week. Oh, good. For those of you who are listening. The contest code is YARN2651. Well, guys, you want to take us out with a song? Let's do it. This next song is called It's All Over Now. Uh, it's going to be on our next record, coming out March 20th. Go and get it. Here it goes. One, two, three, four.
barroom stage Old sign of a nap And I barely got a taste Now I know what Willie's saying When he's singing Well that's crying in the rain This city loves me, baby, and feelings finally brought me down. It's all over now, and I believe I'm coming right. And now I know what Chris was saying when he's singing. It's the morning coming down. Yeah. 
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.